My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Just about four years ago, a high school senior accomplished something very few have ever done. He gave a memorable valedictorian speech at his commencement. It's an incredibly difficult feat. The graduates and their families are navigating so many feelings and emotions that much of what is said becomes background music in the memories of their minds that this day will become. And for the faculty and the staff who have been at more of these ceremonies than they can keep track of, there's little that will be said that hasn't been said before. But as Kyle Martin got up and addressed the crowd, there was something genuine and sincere in his voice with a vulnerability and an honesty to his words that made his speech go viral. It's been shared hundreds of thousands of times and it's been seen by over 8 million people. The valedictorian speech is offered by the student with the highest grade point average. So Kyle began by explaining how he had learned the year earlier that he was in the running for this honor. And he said that it was then and there that he decided he wanted it. He wanted the honor, he wanted the notoriety, he wanted the prestige, and so he went after it. He worked harder than ever, acknowledging that he sacrificed for it, he even stressed over it, to the extent that it came at the expense of others. He admitted to not attending to some of the relationships that were most important in his life. And when Kyle was at his senior awards ceremony where they finally announced that he was to be the class valedictorian, he said, it felt so good when they, I heard my name announced for this title. It was so good for 15 seconds. For 15 seconds, my heart was racing my adrenaline was pumping. 15 seconds of, yeah, I won. 15 seconds of being on top of all my accomplishments. And it felt euphoric. But there must come a 16th second. And on that 16th second, I sat down in my seat. I looked at my silver stole that said valedictorian. And I thought, that's it? What just happened? Why am I not feeling anything else. With a wisdom beyond his years, he reflected, I don't even know what I was expecting. A parade of balloons to drop? Maybe I was hoping all my 
problems would fade away in comparison to this amazing achievement. But none of that happened, not even in my heart. I felt nothing, and I was shocked. Watching the video, you could see and hear how the crowd went from laughing and clapping along with him as he recounted his story from pretty bold and confident beginnings and amusing ways to now being enwrapped attention. No doubt recognizing that he was not alone in having had this experience. Very gently, he helped point out how that could have been the case for anyone obsessing over something they believed was the end-all, be-all that they had focused on at the expense of everything else. For his fellow students, whether that was on the athletic field or the musical stage, obsessing about getting into a particular school or their social lives or their social media or their performance on a particular video game for their parents and relatives in the crowd where maybe they had put their career ahead of their spouse where maybe they had put money ahead of their children where they had strived to be famous at the expense of time with their friends Kyle continued to say that he was glad to have recognized this mistake at the age of 18 over something he admitted is, in the light of eternity, not that important. But he learned something precious that he shared and wanted to share with everyone else as he concluded, have no regrets in that 16th second. Nothing is more important than your healthy relationships. Nothing. Not your goals, not your successes, and here's why. Relationships are where we get to influence and impact and change people's lives. Your life cannot be meaningful without them. And we were put on this earth by our creator. And we all have a purpose to advance God's kingdom that all may be saved. There's no greater good you can do for a person than to love them so much that you point them to Jesus Christ. But first, he should be your first relationship that you cannot neglect. And if he is your Lord and Savior, then make sure you care for that relationship above all others. True story, when I graduated college, I had the honor of giving a speech at my commencement, not because I was first in my class, not by a long stretch, but because I was class president. And I can tell you, I didn't even remember my commencement address as profoundly as I remember this kid, Kyle's, who I've never met before, whose video I saw three years ago and just saved and came back to this past week. Because this young man's lesson learned is essential for every one of us. And it's particularly important on this solemnity of the ascension of the Lord. For the longest time, this feast of the ascension of the Lord has disappointed me. Whenever we would sing that beautiful hymn, Alleluia, sing to Jesus, and we got to those words, though the cloud from sight received him, when the 40 days were o'er, shall our hearts forget his promise, I am with you evermore. I knew and believed those words, but it felt frustrating. Looking around at the world, or even at my own life, it didn't always seem like he was with us evermore. And there's so much that undermines and diminishes and even threatens those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. 
And all that can just fuel so much doubt that the Feast of the Ascension can leave us, the followers of Jesus, feeling anxious that he's leaving. And you can hear and see that in these scriptures, we're not alone in that. St. Matthew describes the disciples in the gospel as doubting at the Mount of the Ascension. St. Luke, in the first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, adds details that they just stayed there looking up at the clouds, watching Jesus' departure, to the point that these two angels have to come down and kind of smack them in the face, saying, why are you staring at the clouds? That sense of being disappointed and frustrated, frozen in place, looking at the clouds, that sense of doubt over whether Jesus is with us evermore, that comes from our expectations not being met the way that we want or anticipated. For the apostles, the first disciples of Jesus, that's a consistent problem for them. Between getting caught up in all their hopes and dreams of what the coming of the Messiah would do, to their importance at being part of Jesus' inner circle. Throughout the Gospels, you keep hearing them have these misunderstandings about things, not getting things. And that's perfectly captured in that first reading today. Here they've spent three years with him. They've witnessed miracles. They've heard his sermons. They've experienced the intimacy of his presence. All that culminated with Jesus' passion, his crucifixion and death on the cross, to the ultimate of victories where he's raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. And after now, he's been with them in his glorious resurrected body for 40 days as they come to Ascension Thursday. He instructs them to wait. Wait for the promise of the Father about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And their first question is, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Their minds and their hearts return to their own expectations and their hopes and their dreams. They want, still wanted Rome conquered. They still wanted all the Jewish authorities who had gotten it wrong to be defeated. And that glory of the kingdom of David to be reunited and restored and even more powerful than it had been centuries earlier. Now with them as the new leaders and the new rulers. As humbled as they had been multiple times before. Their hearts and their minds kept going back to those very human ambitions. Those things like success and fame and prestige that we think will make all of our problems disappear. The things that we think will prove to everyone else we're with the winning team. All those human expectations that people constantly categorize as signs of being victorious are in part what killed Jesus in the first place. Easter has upended all this. In Jesus' resurrection from the dead, everything has changed. Jesus didn't take a victory lap on Easter Sunday, dropping in on Caiaphas, the high priest, or Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, or the guards who seemed to relish putting the nails in the hands and feet of an innocent man on the cross just to scare the hell out of them, literally. Jesus isn't interested in picking up where things were before Good Friday, which is what I think most of the apostles and the disciples were imagining. How much easier it's going to be now to to make converts, to rally people behind their cause, to render those who argued against Jesus speechless. 
Having a risen Jesus walking around with them would be pretty convincing. Jesus doesn't do any of those things that we might expect from someone who rose from the dead because Jesus isn't trying to embarrass people into believing in him, nor is he trying to wow or entertain them. And he isn't trying to win an argument. He's trying to win souls. He wants me and you for all eternity. And he's poured out his very life to these apostles, his first disciples. And he promises them and us to remain with us and to be made real to us. And that's what this great commission in the gospel today is all about. When Jesus is saying, go make disciples, he's talking about investing the time and the effort into witnessing and guiding and sharing the life of faith with others. When he's talking about baptizing, he's highlighting the importance of being connected to the sacramental life of the church. When he tells us to teach and observe all that I commanded, it's reminding us how essential it is to be rooted in the scriptures and in the teachings of the church. And when we do these things, that's what can make this feast day far from disappointing, but instead amazingly beautiful and empowering. Jesus loves and trusts us this much with his victory, and he wants us to make it our own. He wants us to continue to transform this world and the human ambitions that so often distort what it is that we spend so much of our time and energy chasing. That's what Kyle stumbled upon in that 16th second, upon what's most important. That when we put our relationship with Jesus first and foremost, and we value others, that's when we find no regrets, but rather Jesus Christ himself.